This is Psych, Wine, and Pop Culture, a podcast brought to you by two best friends, Kristen and Heather. Join us for a glass of wine, providing a psychological perspective on popular TV shows and movies. And candid conversations about mental health. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. This is officially the first episode that we've done with an actual PhD doctor of psychology in this (laughs) conversation. You're too much. You're too much. What? It's true. We need to celebrate. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm finally done with the PhD in clinical psych, and I don't have to write any more papers, but I'm still reading a bunch of articles just because I'm a nerd. And tell everybody when you're going to be officially a licensed clinical psychologist. Okay. So it depends. So a licensed clinical psychologist, even though you get your PhD in any psychology, specifically clinical psychology, you still have to do like a residency after you get your PhD. And that takes either a year or nine months, depending on how fast you do it. But I already had started it before I ended my PhD, so they kind of roll over the hours. So I should be licensed by January of 2021. Well, that's not that far away. No, it's not that far away. You have to take two exams. So I'm going to take the first exam is licensing, and then the second exam is making sure that you know all the laws and regulations in psychology. And then I'll be done. Yay. So I'm super excited for this episode. Like, I was dying to talk about this because one this is one of your favorite movies and also it has a lot of stuff that i love about psychology in it yes i'm very excited that we are covering the movie the curious case of benjamin button it came out a while ago i want to say it was 2008 and that was such a great year for movies because best picture was slumdog millionaire which deserved it even though i was very invested in the curious case of benjamin button But just to refresh your memory, yes, it is that weird movie where Brad Pitt plays somebody who ages backwards. So Brad Pitt is in it, Kate Blanchett is in it, Taraji P. Henson, Mahershala Ali. So we have all these all-stars in this movie, and it, I mean, it's just one of my favorites because it's written by Eric Roth, who also wrote my favorite movie, Forrest Gump. I knew it. I knew it. I knew there was a, a vibe. Forrest Gump is my favorite movie of all time. But yeah, I mean, Eric Roth, he has a certain, I would say, like format that he does these movies. You know, there's a huge parallel between Forrest Gump and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, where there is this one person that they're fixated on that they love very much. So Daisy and Jenny have a lot of things in common. You mm-hmm. know, they, they struggle with accepting this unconditional love that uh, either Benjamin or Forrest have to offer. So if you watch both of them, you will start to notice those things. But The Curious Case of Benjamin Button is on Netflix right now. So it was trending and Heather and I were thinking it would be a good opportunity to cover an episode about it. Exactly. And basically this episode, we're going to cover 
a little bit about stereotypes in regards to what society thinks about older people. And you definitely see that in the career case of Benjamin Button. And then we're also going to talk about general psychology perspectives on how older people process emotions. And it definitely is related to how you see he develops throughout the movie since he starts out as an old man, actually. And then he ages into a a young child so you'll definitely see those differences in how he processes things i love that i feel like you're gonna have a lot of good input when it comes to that because of you've done therapy at long-term care facilities where you had a lot of geriatric patients so this is gonna be right in your realm i know it really it was so great doing this outline i loved it because it made me remember that relationship of how a lot of these people who are older they're honestly sometimes lonely and Mm -hmm. you do feel for them and I feel like that's kind of a in our society we don't really take care of our elderly as much we don't really think about it so this is why I think this movie is so important too because that's something that in our society we kind of focus on children which is great but we kind of leave the elderly to themselves in some cases so I think it's important to focus on their health too yeah absolutely respect your elders right Mm-hmm, exactly. But first, let's talk about our wine. Okay, so I've been going first these last couple times, so this time I want you to go first. Okay, we messed up again, so we both have recommendations for white wines. But that's okay. I picked a, pre- a Pinot Grigio. What did you pick? I picked a white blend. Okay, well, at least we didn't pick the same white wine. <laughs> okay, so I did try this one um, a couple days ago. And I was excited to tell you about it. And I've been, you know, doing that thing like I always do. I'm buying the bottle just because the label's cute. And I could not wait to freaking show you this because it is so adorable. Oh my gosh. Guys, if you guys are listening, I was going to buy the same bottle instead of the one I have right now. Are you serious? I'm serious. Oh. So you guys cannot see it, but it literally reminds me of a tarot card. It is a tarot card, I think. It is, well, it, I'm not sure. It might be the star tarot card, or if there's a tarot card called Prophecy, then it's that. But the wine itself is called Prophecy, and it's a Pinot Grigio, and the art is very, very pretty. So I will definitely be posting a picture of it on Instagram. So it's a Pinot Grigio. It says Del, Del Ven, Venizi. Um, I didn't know what that meant, so then I googled it and I actually found some information about what that means. Well, educate me, because I have not heard of that. Well, I like to actually figure out, okay, well, where is the wine from? I, I used to not care about that stuff, but this one was pretty interesting. So, Delay Venezi, I don't even know how to say this, is one of Italy's best-known wine designations made famous by the huge quantities of crisp, light Pinot Grigio. And it's shipped to the UK and the US from northeastern Italy each year. I will take a sip and let you know what I think of it. I did enjoy it a lot this week. You know, it's just really fruity. I just love how crisp Sauvignon Blancs are and Pinot Grigios, but sometimes Pinot Grigios can be a little bit more on the bitter side for me. So I was really shocked and surprised when when I ended up enjoying it a lot. So I'm definitely going to try this now that you've tried it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's got a really nice finish to it. It doesn't feel bitter or like you can taste the alcohol. So this is definitely a wine that you can enjoy by itself. I mean, you can have it with a snack, you know, maybe some hummus and pita chips or something like that. But if it's by itself, I, I think it's definitely enjoyable. So yeah, it's got a little bit of a minerally finish to it. It's very crisp. It's refreshing. There is some floral aromas to it, but I get more of a tropical fruit, fruity type of aroma. But uh, yeah, the bottle says that there's notes of light citrus and tropical fruit. So that makes sense. But I really enjoyed it. So what do you have? What do I have? Let's see. So it's called Lefty and it's yellow bottle, which yellow is one of my favorite colors. So that's another reason I picked it. You're wearing yellow right now. Yeah, I'm actually wearing yellow right now. It was unintentional. And the reason I picked it is because I wanted to test Kristen's theory about if the bottle is cute slash cool, does the wine taste better? And I think this bottle is so unique and creative. It kind of gives me like steampunk vibes, like aeronautical vibes. It's really cool. I really like it. So if you look at the bottle on Instagram, it's basically like this older gentleman and his head is open and it's like clouds coming out of it. Yeah, it is really cool. That kind of style of art right now, I feel like, is very trendy. It is, yes. And, you know, he's up in the clouds, so I'm guessing if you drink this wine, your mind will be up in the clouds. So that's another reason why I chose it. They don't give too much notes on here. The only thing they say is that it's considered a fine wine that undergoes a secondary fermentation with pineapple juice. Mm. Yeah, so I, I thought that was kind of... I've, I haven't heard of that, so... Yeah, I've never heard of that either. So maybe it'll taste good. So I'm going to go ahead and open it. I love pouring wine into the mic. Yeah, I love that sound too. All right, let's give it a go. What's it smell like? Does it smell pineapple-y? Oh, yeah. It definitely does. Um, it, it does. I can taste the pineapple juice like straight up. Okay. It's, it's good, actually. If you like pineapple juice, definitely get this. However, if you don't like pineapple juice, I can assure you will not like it. It kind of tastes like a tropical drink that you would have in Cancun or some tropical destination. Yeah, I think it'd go good by itself. I would say like a light pasta dish would go good with it, like a Alfredo of some sort. All right, so we tried our wines. So Kristen, do you want to take it away? I do, but before I give a summary of what the movie is, I want to take a second to acknowledge our fans. We've been growing, and we've had more listeners and people commenting us and sending us love on Instagram, and I just, I feel like we're getting to that point where we're getting more fans and listeners and, like, those loyal listeners that kind of wait for us to do our next episode, so it's really nice. It's, it feels really good, and I love that people are interested in psychology and kind of knowing a little bit more about us. So uh, thank you so much for people who do listen. And as we said before, you know, if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. DM us on Instagram or email us at psychwinepop at gmail.com. Either way, we are really, really excited that you're listening and that you are engaging in the topics that we talk about. So let's talk about The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button is the story of a man who is born old and ages backwards. The story explores the way that age dictates identity, 
How old we are has quite a bit to do with who we are, and not just where physical appearance is concerned. By being born old, Benjamin is born not just with the body and face of an old man, but with the mind and emotions of an old man. And even though he's born a newborn, then he enjoys the company of old men. As he gets younger, physically, his personality changes accordingly. He becomes more vivacious and social. Benjamin Button reminds us that age is not, after all, just a number. And that little spiel came from schmoop.com, so I thought that was a really interesting website name. Uh, just to give you a little bit more background about the movie, I think I talked about it before. It came out in 2008, so it was quite a few years ago. And it stars Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. And the movie was actually based off of this short story written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And if that name sounds familiar to you, that is the author of The Great Gatsby. So I've read the short story. It was really creepy and really weird. And I actually didn't like it that much. But to be fair, I was in high school whenever I, I had bought the screenplay. So the, they were selling the screenplay at Barnes & Noble of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And at the time, I just had a fascination with reading movie scripts. And I like that they actually had the short story in that in that script. So I do remember that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it is one of my favorite movies. And I'm so glad that you are talking about it. I didn't know what you were going to say. I kept... The, I want to be completely surprised. So usually I look through our outlines but this time I did not have any look at it so whatever you're about to say I'm going to be completely shocked okay so I do want to answer the question as far as is age tied to our identity we'll talk a little bit about that but I felt like one of the most important things in the movie to me was discrimination against elderly and you may not see it but there is a lot of ageism which basically just means that people have certain beliefs, values, or attitudes that are negative towards like elderly individuals. So it's funny though, we don't really think about that even in our modern day, but you definitely do see it in this movie as well. So Kristen, I wanna ask you, what are some stereotypes of old people that you hear about? Oh, this is so mean. Why would you make me answer this question? It's not mean, they're stereotypes. Uh, yeah, I feel like you're putting a target on my back. Okay, do you want me to just say it? <laughs> yeah. I, <don't... laughs> I mean, okay, I can just say that. I used to work as a nurse's aide in high school at a long-term care facility too, but no, it was no, it was a retirement. It was a retirement home. I mean, I have a few, but I'm not going to say I love old people. I love taking well, I'm not care saying of them. what what do you think about them? I'm saying what have you heard people in your life say about mm. them stereotypically? Still, it's okay to be safe. I'm going to let you I'm going to let You're you gonna let me. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. All right. So there's some common stereotypes out there, like with anything else, with any group of people. And one of those, number one, is older people are perceived as more cranky. Mm. They're also more perceived as being more negative mm -hmm. as well. Um, some people believe that they add little to value to society, which that's kind of what I talked about earlier is that I feel, and depending on your culture, I would say in the United States, we're more individualistic in a sense where we kind of are concerned more about our own lives and we're not really thinking about, you know, our elders or like the family. We're kind of just concerned about striving, getting our career, 
we have a very individualistic nature to us. So I think that's why in our society, we kind of have little value to show for elderly people in some sort. And then people also believe that they're poor workers, bad drivers, and older people are less social. And then lastly, I've just seen this like where I have taught many times students and students have said before that, you know, when you get older, doesn't that mean that your brain gets slower, that you're just like not able to remember stuff? Shut up. (laughs) So I don't, yeah, I've had people, you know, and I feel like it's not out of meanness, but it's just that in society, you know, we have these like misconceptions about what it is to be older and not everybody when they get older they have memory issues or they get Alzheimer's or they're slower. It's just a normal part of how we age. You know, our brain ages too, and there's going to be a little bit of changes that we see. So these are some misconceptions, and I feel like some of those are seen in the Curie case of Benjamin Button. So we have a few examples that we want to share with you of uh, just things that Heather's talking about, and I'll kind of explain the, the examples from the movie. And just to remind you guys, this movie is set in it's in an old folks home right yes so a lot a lot of retired people and you know so that's why benjamin kind of fits in because he doesn't stick out like a sore thumb people just think he's like everyone else there like he's just waiting for his turn to die which is awful but that's actually the words he uses in the movie Mm-hmm. So he he doesn't even know himself when he's young. He thinks that he is an old person and that he is waiting to die. It's not until he gets a little bit older that he starts to realize, oh, I'm really not. You know, I, I am a child. And Queenie, his mom, she who's played by Taraji P. Henson, I don't think she really takes the time to explain that to him, but she is supportive whenever he starts to make these revelations. And she does help him connect the dots. It's not necessarily a secret that she's trying to keep with him. She just doesn't know herself what exactly is going on with him. She doesn't know from the beginning that he is aging backwards. So that's why she takes him to church and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, there's this example in the movie where Benjamin, he's he looks like an old man. You know, he can't walk. Um, he needs to sit in a wheelchair. And in reality, he's kind of like six or seven years old. That's how long he's been alive on this earth. But that's not necessarily the age that he is physically. So Queenie takes him to church and she wants him to get blessed by the church leader. And I love it because it's like this this black church and he's like the only he's like the only white man in it but they just Mm -hmm. all love and accept him and so she takes him there she's hoping that the church leader will bless him and also bless her to have a child because uh, she can't have children herself which I think that's kind of why she takes in Benjamin when she finds him on her doorstep so the church leader makes remarks about how frail his body is and how old he looks and then he blesses Benjamin and then he, Benjamin actually, he, he gets up from the chair and, and the church leader's like, you're going to walk today and we're going to make this happen. And so everyone's all supportive, hoping that he can actually take a few steps. He falls, he takes more steps, and then he's actually standing. And he's just so excited that he can walk. But then I think he goes, so the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And then the church leader has a heart attack and dies. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was just so poetic in a sense, yeah, putting that in there. That's Eric Roth. 
Yeah, and kind of comical in a sense. Not to say that, you know, someone dying is funny, but the fact that, you know, Benjamin just did that, and then literally the church leader says that, and then he dies. It's very, wow, ironic. But going to what Kristen said, the church leader did make remarks about how Benjamin appeared. So he said, oh, you have a very frail body. He looks very, very old. So, I mean, in truth, nobody knows that he's actually like a six or seven-year-old. Right, but just because of how he appears to be, mm. people assume that he's like in his 70s or his 80s. And I feel like this is a very social perspective of how we look at aging. We view in individualistic cultures such as the United States that the aging is a process of deterioration. Oh, that's such a sad way to look at it. Would you say that you feel that way about aging or? No. You know that show Broad City? Mm-hmm. I remember Abby, one of the, it's a, it's a show about two best friends and one of the best friends gets her first gray hair and the other best friend's like, yes, witch, it's happening. Oh. Like they're excited <laughs> to get older. I think that's a great way to look at it. Me too. And then once I saw that, I said, okay, that's going to be my perspective. Well, unfortunately, a majority of people do not feel that way. So people do feel it as, you know, your body gets slower, you're not able to do things, um, your brain ages. Sometimes people think that they're going to get sick when they get older. So I feel like that is kind of perceived throughout the Curious Case and Benjamin Button and just noting of how his appearance is. We see aging as deterioration, unfortunately, in some cases. Interestingly, though, when we look at different cultures, so Eastern cultures, such as in China, Japan, they actually have the opposite perspective. So they actually see aging as not necessarily a negative process and a more positive process because of wisdom. So they view that the more experience you have on this earth, the more wisdom, the more knowledge you have for other people that you can provide back. You know what? I have noticed that, but it didn't really register the way you worded it. But I did notice that, that their perspective is like that, just in movies I've seen and stuff. Definitely this movie is taking on the Western ideas of the United States. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, and it is set in New Orleans, and it's set in the, I think it starts out in the 19th, right after World War I ends. That is the day, actually, that Benjamin was born. Very interesting. So the next thing we'll talk about is some more examples. So if Kristen, if you want to talk about Daisy in particular and how she feels about age. Oh man, don't get me started on Daisy. <laughs> I don't like her. Really? No. What? She's so negative and she's just, you know what? I don't like her until she's older and then she takes care of Benjamin when he's, when he turns into a baby and he can't take care of himself. Then I like mm -hmm. her. But when Daisy is young, I, gosh, she's just so, she is very vain. And, and I think she does exemplify that thing that you're saying about us feeling that getting older means that we're deteriorating. She mm -hmm. is the perfect example of it. So, I mean, now I know why you're putting all of this. Okay. It's connecting dots for me. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah. Um, so, Daisy definitely has a negative perception of getting older. So, she shows some insecurity about getting older, just like many women do, and how Benjamin's love may change for her. So, she thinks that if she gets older, her appearance changes. He's not going to love her anymore because he just loves her because she's beautiful. So she goes, would you still love me if I were old and saggy? Should I do this in a New Orleans accent? No. You should. <laughs> no. Great. Do no. it. I can't do it. Please. I can do like a typical Southern accent, but I can't do a New Orleans accent. 
So then then Benjamin goes, would you still love me if I were young and had acne when I'm afraid of what's under the stairs or if I end up wetting the bed? And that's so sad because he does get to that point and she does have to take care of him. But anyway, another example is when Daisy says, I don't like getting older. She's referring to her wrinkles because she's she kind of feels like the wrinkles forming under her eyes it's so funny mm-hmm. because then benjamin goes i love your wrinkles both of them <laughs> i remember that too it's a cute cute part benjamin definitely has a different perspective on aging than she does so i mean many of us may feel this way i mean i feel like i felt this way when i started to age a little bit not that i'm older 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 but you know, when you're in your 20s, you start to realize into your late 20s that your hair thins out oh, man. and you start to get a little worried yeah. or you may maybe that's a gray hair and you start to notice or you just feel like your body just feels a little bit different. So I think a lot of people may feel this way. Maybe some people don't. And one of the reasons that with research has been shown that we do have this negative perception about aging is that we have this anxiety or fear about death. So we know that the more little clues that we get about us getting older, it only means that we're getting closer to the end, which is a bad way to look at it. You know, as I said, other cultures view it, you know, the step closer that you get to the end means the more life experiences you had. So I think because we live in this Western culture, especially Daisy, she lives in New Orleans, especially back in the early 1900s, they definitely have a very strict perspective on aging, you know, looking beautiful and vivacious, especially for her career, if you think about it. Yeah, she's a dancer. So for them, I mean, she's just going to have a few years, a few good years of dancing. And then she has that horrible accident where she gets hit by that car. And Benjamin goes to her in Paris to make sure that she's okay. And he wants to take care of her, but she's all upset because her career is over. And while she's going through rehabilitation therapy and stuff like that, he tries to make her feel better by saying, you know, by the time you're this age now, you would have already been done with your career anyway. So you should look at it more like it's okay that Mm -hmm. it's over and you should be happy with, with what you had because you were a great dancer. So yeah, he always has this different perspective than her. And I feel like it's because of maybe, in a sense, he is aging backwards. So I think at that time, he's kind of in almost in the middle. So he does have like all this, you know, knowledge and wisdom about how life is lived. So Mm -hmm. it's very easy for him to kind of think in that way versus Daisy's very young, barely starting to emerge as an adult. Yeah, you know, when they meet in the middle, I always think that there is a few, maybe about five, five years between them. I'm not sure, but I think that there is a little bit of an age difference or not the exact physical age. They meet in the middle. What a time to meet in the middle. It was when it was in the 60s. So I love that when they were newlyweds and it was the 60s and then the Beatles came out. And I love that they have references to history. And then me too. That was great. So the other example that I would like Kristen to talk about is another remark about ageism in this movie. So one of the ones that I talked about before was a stereotype in regards to older people are not good workers or they're just not able to do the work of a younger person. And if you wanted to read that next example, that'd be great. Oh, I know where you're going with this. 
Okay, well, this is really interesting. All right, well, I hope I know where you're going with this. So, yeah, Benjamin, his first love is Elizabeth Abbott, who is played by, gosh, what is her name? She's been in... I just looked her up the other day. Tilda Swinson, right? Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, she's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, So anyway, she's in this movie, too, and she plays his first love, Elizabeth Abbott. And I remember him describing her as, like, somebody who was just plain, you know? But he said that he found her very beautiful and attractive. So at this time, Benjamin's working on a tugboat, and he travels a lot, so he goes to many different countries, and he is sending postcards during this time because uh, Daisy makes him promise to send a postcard wherever he goes. Physically, he's actually 17 years old. Well, not physically. So he is 17 years old, but physically he's... Chronologically. Chronologically, yes, but uh, he's an older man. This is really complicated to explain. Anyway, so um, Elizabeth Abbott, she's married. Um, she lives in Russia. Her husband is a spy. I like how you said some sort of diplomatic work, but he does say that he's a spy. <laughs> I was- he's a spy. He goes, yeah, he was a spy. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, he's pretty absent, and him and Elizabeth have a lot of time at night to meet up every now and then, and they have dinner, and they talk, and they ended up having an affair together. Um, But this is where, yeah, this is where Benjamin and her meet in that hotel, and it's an extended period of time that they do this, and um, she just up and leaves out of nowhere, but anyway, so... In their first encounter, she asks him what he does for a living, and he says that he's a sailor, and Elizabeth is shocked by this and makes a remark that she didn't think people his age could work in that particular field. Wonderful example of ageism, right? So just because he physically looks older, I think at that time he physically looked like it may be in his late 40s to 50s. Would you agree with that? He looked more like 60s, 70s. Yeah, mm. it's it's not until he's in his... Because when he starts getting in his 50s, that's when he starts getting like really attractive. And you're like, oh, okay. he looks more like Brad Pitt. We all know. Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like he looks like Brad Pitt today when he's... Yes. Which is funny because when I was watching the movie, now we know... I mean, this movie is in 08. It's 2020 now. So this is, you know, 12 years ago. It's funny how they make him look older and it's very close to how he looks t- today. Actually, I think he looks better today than how they made him look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really good job with the age progression in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so no, I think you would say you would say he was in his sixties or seventies. Yeah, during this time. Okay, even if he was in his forties or fifties, I mean that's still considered, you know, older to be on a sailboat if you know what i mean that's typically a job for like someone in their 20s and 30s oh yeah i mean so regardless definitely regardless yeah so you're probably right so i i totally agree i just with say you he's in his 60s or 70s because he has a little bit more like wrinkles and like age spots and his hair is not all there yet when he's more in his 40s okay. that's when he reconnects with daisy so that's why i think that he was more like in his 40s or late 30s when he reconnects with her and they start to pursue their romantic side yeah i can definitely okay i can see it now so with that that's a perfect example a lot of jobs even in today's society for example firefighters police officers you don't really see people in their 60s or 70s out in the field right i love it when i do though i know me too but 
there is a little bit of either discrimination or they choose to retire because I mean those are very challenging jobs not only physically but mentally so it's very uncommon to see someone who's older still in the field doing that so I can see definitely why in this particular example Elizabeth was shocked by this and we're just kind of taught this way that okay by a certain age you should retire so I I think that's kind of where she was thinking she's like oh you're still working and it's a very physical job and especially the way he looked I mean he still looked a lot older and be on a sailboat that's physically demanding you know you have to yeah they're on a tug carry heavy things yes so definitely a good example of that a lot of physical labor but it doesn't mean just because you're older it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do physically laborious jobs so that's what I wanted to kind of get at is that, you know, just because someone looks physically older, they can have a functional age that's different. And I feel like this movie really gets into chronicle age and comparison with functional age. In this particular case, this is a concept in psychology, specifically developmental psychology, where there's chronological age. So how old you are when you were born and there's functional age. So, for example, someone could be 50 years old and function like a 30-year-old. They have, you know, very good cardiovascular health. They're very physically active. They look and appear not their age. Versus you could have someone who is chronologically 50 years old, but appears like they're 80 years old. So they have a lot more wrinkles. They have gray hair. They're not able maybe to take care of themselves. So chronological in age is different from functional age. So just because you have a certain age doesn't mean that because you're 80 years old, you're not going to be able to take care of yourself. There's some 80-year-olds out there that are very, very functional. Some can run marathons. They're still able to cook for themselves. Oh, my gosh. So, my grandpa is 87 years old, and he still climbs on his roof to pick mangoes from his tree. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, he's a, I would say he's attractive for his age. <laughs> well, he does dye his hair. Okay, I was about to say, man, he has no gray hair. That's pretty cool. No, it's funny because my grandma, she decided, I think a couple years ago, she said, you know what, I'm just not going to dye my hair anymore. And I remember my cousin and I just being so excited for her that she's reached that point in her life where she's just like confident that she doesn't, she's just like, nope, I'm not going to do it anymore. I love that. Yeah, it's true. We do perceive, you know, gray hair as getting older. But we did have that phase like a year ago where a lot of younger people were dyeing their hair like Daenerys from Game of Thrones. I know. Yeah, they were dyeing their hair gray and and white and stuff. And it it was so funny because like I feel like older women, like for instance, like I had aunts who would say, why is she dyeing her hair gray? It's going to get that way in like 10 years. So why start now? Why start now? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I wish I had her hair color right now. But anyways... So the last thing that we're going to talk about is... You know what, though? I do want to bring up something with chronological age versus functional age. I work at a nonprofit where we help abused and neglected children. And I've noticed that like with some of the clients and I have, after talking with staff and stuff, they would tell me, yeah, I mean, they might be 15, but because of the trauma they experienced, they're really more, they function more like a nine-year-old. That's a really profound statement. That is, I have seen that before in my clinical experience too. Through therapy and stuff? Yeah, through therapy. At some point, I was working with also foster children 
And depending on the level of trauma, some children, they call it regressing, which I kind of think it's a negative term in a sense, but regressing just refers to going back to more childlike states. So wanting to be taken care of, um, very emotional, having tantrums and things like that. Oh my gosh, yes. This makes so much more sense now with just stories I've heard from the staff of why the kids do what they do because it is a, it's the foster youth that's the population that, that the nonprofit serves. So that makes sense. Yeah. And I do want to say just because you experience trauma doesn't mean that, you know, you'll regress. But in just some cases... Some individuals, they've had very severe traumatic experiences, and it's just their body and their brain's way of dealing with it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something bad going on with them. It just means that it's their body's way and their brain's way of trying to deal with the trauma. So the last thing that we're going to talk about is emotional processing, emotions in general when it comes to getting older. And... Interestingly, before we started recording this, we were talking about this a couple of days ago, but I was talking to Kristen and you said something like, yeah, there's like this perception about older people that I don't get, but a lot of people think that they're really negative. Mm -hmm. I do see that some people do believe that older people get more negative with time, but actually there's not true. It's actually the opposite, which is interesting. And there's a lot, a lot of research out there. And one of the famous people who are into this particular field is actually a psychologist by the name of Laura Cartinson. And she's worked with elderly individuals and looking at how they process emotions. And the great thing is that she found is that older people process negative emotions differently. So basically what she's trying to say is that as you get older, you learn that, you know what? Spending too much time on the negatives is really not conducive to me. It's not. Yes, Yes, you do. You realize things like that. Like, why am I spending so much time thinking about this or stressing about that? Exactly. So with experience, you start to learn, okay, what's a better way to deal with the situation? And in her research, she found that when you present pictures, for example, people who are happy, people who are sad, people who are angry, and she compared it with older people and younger people. Older people tended to focus more time looking at pictures that were positive. So people who were happy, people who were hugging, and older people tended to look away at pictures that were more negative. Interestingly, the younger adults tended to look more at negative images, which I feel that's true for me, (laughs) especially growing up. I would say like as a teenager into like my 20s, I think I took things so seriously and sometimes would, you know, I would be negative about situations or I remember all the negative things that happened in certain situations, like with friends and things like that. So what the research is saying is that older people become better at processing emotions. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think that Daisy is a perfect example of that. She does that. I think she focuses a lot on the negative, especially when she got into that accident and she couldn't dance anymore. Mm. Exactly. It wasn't until she was older, like in her 40s, when she decided, you know what, I have all this experience, I'm going to be a teacher. So then she started to teach dance. And that was a really positive way of looking at her experience. You know, I felt like it was very, like you said, your favorite word is adaptive. I was just going to freaking say that. I really was. (laughs) It's an adaptive way to look at it. Yeah. She obviously gained some wisdom as she Mm -hmm. experienced with life. And 
I definitely see that, you know, as we grow older, we start to realize what's important to us. We start to prioritize things that we find pleasure in. And Laura Cartenson and other researchers have noted that, that as we get older, we also become very selective in our social relationships. So we tend to spend more time with people that we find is a quality relationship. So we have more intimacy with. And I feel with Benjamin, you definitely see this as far as when he is a young, older man, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't even know how to prove, how to when, describe okay, so it. When he is chronologically older, but his body is young. Yes, yes. So you start to see him, you know, be more open to experiences, kind of focusing in on his relationship with Daisy, which is a great thing. But when you compare when he actually looked like an older man, he really didn't socialize a lot, right? He was just kind of to himself. He really didn't have any close friends until he started to grow a little bit older. So the research does show that as we get older, we do get a little bit more selective about the relationships we choose to continue. And you definitely see this shift in general development. So like with teenage years, you have a lot more friends. Then you go into young adulthood, you have a little bit less, but they're more quality, (laughs) (laughs) more quality relationships. Uh... And then you get into older ages and then you can become very selective as to who you want to spend your time with. So, yeah, I mean, I think in the movie you do see a shift of Benjamin's social network for sure. From when he's born to his younger age, you see this shift. And he appears as an older man. When he does appear as an older man, he prefers the company of older men. So, like, that's why he gets along so well with Mm -hmm. all of his, his, I would say, his roommates at the old folks' home where Queenie works. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he typically kind of keeps to himself. But also I feel like he thinks he might be kind of out of place because he doesn't realize until a little bit later, like, oh, I'm really like a nine-year-old. I'm not a 90-year-old. So, yeah, I mean, this is a good example of how typically in society we view older adults as engaging less socially and focusing on themselves more. In contrast, when Benjamin ages younger, you see him more as social. Because he does, I mean, he goes out on dates and he's like, I enjoy the company of a woman or two or three. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you go, Benjamin. Because, I mean, he's waited all this time to finally be a young person. And then on top of that, I mean, he's Brad Pitt. He's super attractive. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, man, this is when you see him in that white tee and those jeans on that motorcycle. That was a good scene. (laughs) Actually, my friend Kathleen, I mentioned her a couple times in this in this podcast, and uh, I remember she sent me like she Snapchatted me that that scene when he's driving on his motorcycle. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, he's going out more and talking to more people, and he's more open to experiences because you do see him. So it's really sad because he feels like. He obviously, he can't be a parent to his daughter because he's getting younger and younger and younger. And it's just not going to look right and people aren't going to understand. And he knows that he's going to get to that point where he won't be able to take care of her. I mean, he's going to kind of, he goes from meeting Daisy in the middle. He might end up meeting his daughter in the middle, Mm. which is sad. You know, he could be Mm. a teenager. She's a teenager, but he's really, you know, got dementia and he's in his 90s so he 
had been telling Daisy, I'm going to leave. And so then eventually he does, and she gives him that death stare, you know, right before he's about to walk out the door. But he leaves everything to them. He leaves them, like, basically this whole fortune he got from his father. But, yeah, after that, he ends up going to India, mm -hmm. right? And he goes to all these different countries. He has all these different experiences because he knows that it's coming towards the end. And he has a better frame of knowing when that's going to happen because he's aging backwards. So mm -hmm. he knows, like, yeah, it, the way that when we get older and we get into, you know, our 80s and 90s, we start to lose mobility. He, I mean, he does, too, mm -hmm. because he gets to that point where, you know, he's a toddler. Well, he's a teenager. He's a preteen. He's a toddler. And then it gets to where he is pretty much a mobile and an infant. I do remember that. It's very sad. But I do want to say that, you know, just because we get older, I mean, this particular situation with Benjamin it looks like he developed dementia, you know, because he couldn't remember how to do certain things. He didn't remember mm -hmm. who he was. He didn't remember Daisy. So I do want to say that just because you get older, it doesn't mean that you're going to have memory issues so severe that you remember yourself. There's so many factors that go into dementia. Genetics. Yeah, and, and Daisy didn't get it because she was mm -hmm. remembering things from like basically 1918. She was remembering things. So that's true. Yeah, whenever she's talking to Caroline mm -hmm. on her deathbed. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, that didn't happen with her. So I agree with it just, you. It happened to be the case with Benjamin, sadly. I know. It's sad that it happened that way. But I think it's because he, he had a unique development, I guess you could say. He grew... He, I can't, I can't even describe this. It's so funny. He's born as You're talking old... about it like it's real, like it's a real condition. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to say. Maybe it's something. It could be something out there. I'm not a medical expert. So if somebody knows if it is, you know, there's a similar condition, let us know. But from what I know, I don't think so. But let us know if it is. But, you know, growing into a younger age. So you start off as an elderly individual and then grow into a younger age. Maybe because that's such a drastic developmental process maybe that's why he develops dementia who knows because i was really trying to understand like what why did it happen to him and not daisy that was just a little my little psychology hat on i don't know i mean they don't really go into his biological family that much except for the dad so there's not really like there's no way for us to know why you know does he have a history of dementia in his family or anything like that so i know it's, it's just my psychology sorry guys so one last thing I wanted to touch on is that I love that you talked about openness to new experience with Benjamin. And what we do see with actual psychological research is personality has something to do with that. So personality in general remains relatively stable from early childhood into teenage years, into young adulthood, into, you know, as we age. And we just have little fluctuations in certain characteristics. So there's some theories out there, but one of the researches out there is shows that openness to new experience is the highest in young adulthood into mid-adulthood. So you definitely see that with Benjamin. He becomes more open to experiences. Mm -hmm. But then as we age, we're like, you know what? I want to spend a little time with myself. I need to focus on, you know, my hobbies or I need to focus on my family relationships. We kind of internalize a little bit more. So you definitely see that with Benjamin. I do want to say, though, that I think he appreciates when he does get to the physical younger body 
because he's an older man, he appreciates the fact that he's young and he's able to do things. So that might have to do with why he's like more open mm. to new experiences because he appreciates it. It's like when when older people always tell you, well, if I had your body or, you know, if I was your age, outdo this, this and this. And Benjamin actually has the chance to do that. I think that's, that's a great way to look at it. And I think also because he feels physically good, you have probably this energy to do things too. Mm-hmm. You know, versus when you're older, you know, if you don't feel confident in doing things because you feel tired or you feel like, you know, there's a little bit difficult than it used to be, then it could be kind of like, eh, I don't want to do new things. Possibly. I'm not saying it's true, but that's kind of what I would see in the movie. He really wasn't as open. And I'd love that you touched on that. So we talked about some stereotypes related to aging in our society. And we talked about emotional processing and older age. So hopefully you guys took a little bit from this episode. Yeah, I loved all the things that you brought up in this episode about Benjamin Button. And it made me appreciate this movie so much more. I mean, it was already like one of my favorite movies of all time. So now I just, I love it that much more because of the perspective that you brought to it. So I'm glad that we covered it. I'm really happy too. This is like one of my favorite topics, aging, because it's so important. Something that we have to pay attention to. We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please be sure to like and subscribe and share with your friends, because chances are, if you enjoyed this episode, your friends will too, and please follow us on Instagram, at PsychWinePop. We post a lot of fun stuff on there, a lot of self-care, self-love stuff, and as well as what wine we're drinking and pictures of us. So please be sure to follow us if you can. This has been a really fun episode, so I'm glad that if you listened to this, you made it to the end. Thank you guys. Until next time. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. 